Good morning to you. So it's going to be a little bit different this morning. We have five times over the, this year where we're stepping off the series in John and later at the end of the year, the series in Peter. And we're looking at a, a couple things that kind of challenge us to do something, for many of us, something new with our faith, but something that's active uh, as well. And so uh, this morning, I want to walk you through this idea of how to share your story. Now, these last couple years, uh, we have dealt with cancer in our congregation, right? And we've had two people that we've walked through this journey with them as they have been diagnosed and then they went through their chemotherapy, both in remission, we're praising the Lord for that. You stepped in and did some things too, gave cards, meals, visitations, all this kind of stuff. The question I would ask is, let's say you discovered the cure for cancer, all cancers, that that could be eradicated, no longer a concern and a worry, like some diseases of the past that we don't really know about as much, right? Because we don't have to worry about them anymore. Let's say you knew that of cancer. How quick would you share that? How quick would you want somebody like Jim Bethune, the moment he's diagnosed, or Amanda Lake, who walked through that, these two in our country, how quickly would you tell them, hey, you don't need to worry about this. I know a cure. You're going to be just fine. Would it take one second? Would you think about it at all? Or would you spring to action immediately? Yeah. For every news report you heard, every person that told you they had a friend or an acquaintance or a family member, you would spring to action immediately to offer that cure. This morning, I want to convince you that in a real way, we have a cure that we are offering in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, there is a, a, a spiritual emptiness, a spiritual void, and a separation in relationship with God that is very costly. It costs us life with God here on earth every day, and it costs us an eternity, and we have the opportunity to offer the cure. But unlike the split-second reaction to running and telling somebody of the cure for cancer that you now have, we are very slow and sometimes don't do it at all. Share this cure with people of what Jesus has to offer their life. In fact, if stats tell us 97% of Christians will never be a part of leading someone else to Jesus, leading somebody else to know Jesus, 97%. Now, we never know what maybe just living out our faith, what influence that is. So keep living it out. That's important. But when it comes to actually using our words and seeing somebody come to know Jesus, 97% will never be involved in that. Can I tell you something this morning? It is not because they've done so a bunch of times and nobody's wanted to come to know Jesus. It is almost always because we're simply not sharing Jesus. Listen, I get it. I, I, I became a Christian at, at 17, you know that. And so um, I was coming into Christianity kind of on the tail end of the camp meeting heyday, you know, that probably lasted 100 years there. Camp meetings were starting to go out during that time. But I went to some of those on the tail end. And I can tell you, as a new, fresh Christian, some of that approach didn't connect with me at all, right? And so I kind of pulled away from that thinking also because I thought that is the way you share your faith. 
you get very loud and you get tough and you say you have to at some point say if you were to die tonight in the in that phrase and it just didn't connect with me but I picked up a book when I was youth pastoring first youth pastor I didn't know what I was doing I was about 18 19 years old 20 years old but I picked up a little book and it was titled simply relational evangelism now, you might know what that means, but when I picked up that book, I had no clue what that meant, what that title meant. But as I read that book, I was like, oh, now this makes sense. You just simply open up a relationship. You open up a friendship. You do life with somebody else. And over the course of that relationship, there are ample opportunities to share Jesus in different ways. Tom, you don't have to come up with a sermon that you then preach to somebody at some point. You actually get to have a relationship, and then you share about Jesus. Now, I was two years, three years fresh on really knowing all of what Jesus had, was doing in my life, but that's what I shared. Well, we're many years later, as you might know, 30-plus years later uh, in my life, and I still today will declare to you the best way, if you want to evangelize and share Jesus, is relational evangelism just simply sharing with those that you have a friendship with or opening up friendships purposely and intentionally so that one day you can share Jesus. What I'm going to share with you this morning is the start of that, what it looks like when you have a friendship because the very first thing anybody wants to know is what is your story? What has God done in your life? Is Jesus of any value? Is it of any significance? This is what the world is currently looking at Christianity and thinking. They're thinking one of two things mostly. They're thinking either, well, they're just the same as all of us. I mean, I don't really see a big difference in Christians, non-Christians. It all looks the same to me. Or they're saying, man, Christians are even worse. Those are the dominant two things people are thinking. Oh, there's these little pockets where they're going like, man, Christians are so compassionate and helpful and caring. But those two testimonies are out there that I shared. So we got to get a different story out there. We have to share what Jesus has done in my, our life, why we're different because of what Jesus has done. So that's what I want to do with you this morning. So if you've got your sermon notes, this is going to look a little different because we're going to go through this front page fairly quick. And then I'm going to be spending time on this back page. And there's going to be about three times where I say, and now I'm going to give you two to three minutes to write. And if you're one that likes to just stare at me, even though I give you notes every week, you know, like you don't like to open your Bible, you don't like to, you know, um, well, we're just going to be staring at each other for about six minutes during that time. And I'm going to tell you, it won't be awkward for me, so I don't know about you. So, or you can say, hey, I'll go ahead and do a little writing here uh, this morning. All your writing will be doing is kickstarting this for you. All right? So let's just jump into this. Here's the first thing we want to know is why we should share our testimony. Why should you share your story about your relationship with Christ? Have you ever had somebody said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but that's really just personal between me and God. Well, it is super, super personal, right? It's the core of personal. But we don't understand Christianity if we've decided I'm only keeping that to myself. We don't understand the gospel. We don't understand why Jesus came. We don't understand why Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross and rose from the dead. We don't understand why the rest of the New Testament exists and what all those writers were talking about. We don't understand Christianity if we think it's just for me and me and God alone. 
So why should we share our testimony? Well, here's the first thing. How else will they hear? How else will people hear if we don't share about Jesus? Can you tell me the last sitcom you've seen on just nationwide network TV that's painted a really good representation of Jesus Christ? It's probably pretty tough to come up. Can you tell me the last you know, movie you went to the big screen that made hundreds of millions of dollars that really represented Christianity well? No, I'm a big Law & Order fan. I think I've told you that. If they introduce in the first two minutes of Law & Order a pastor or a priest, you can right away say, they did it. <laughs> That's the guy, you know? So how else will they know? How will they know if you don't tell them? How will they know? We have to share our story with them. Take a look at how Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes this in the book of Romans, right? Now remember, Paul was not a Christian, and then he became a Christian. So he has a story to tell. And this is what he says about telling that story. How can they call on him, Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? That makes sense, right? How would they call on him if they don't, they don't believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? Well, that makes sense. You know what we like to do? We like to really get out and say, what? we like to theologically debate. What about that person in some other country that will never have a missionary come? They'll never hear of Jesus their whole life. What then? Do they go to heaven? Or what, what's that? Hey, it's a good theological discussion. It's a great discussion that ends in the word grace, right? But it's a, it's, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors for us. You know why? Because there's people all around us that are open to hearing, all around us that you have the opportunity to share. And most often, we don't take that opportunity at all. We leave that with, with the media or other things. So how can they believe if, if we've, they've never heard about him and this is the clincher? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Someone has to tell them about Jesus. Listen, if every church, even in Greensboro, was packed full, like every seat, standing room only, everywhere, right? Because the people who come to church, they're just like, I've got to bring my friend because the preacher needs to tell them, right? That would be one thing. And we'd be going, well, okay, that's good. At least that's happening. Well, we would still be saying, we're missing thousands and thousands and thousands of people here in Greensboro that don't fit in our churches because nobody's out there telling them. So this doesn't substitute as somebody telling them on Sunday morning. It's us. It's you and I outside of this hour telling people about Jesus because how else will they hear? Here's the second thing Jesus tells us to. Jesus just says in Mark 16, he said to them, go into the whole world and proclaim the good news to every creature. Go and share the good news. Proclaim. In fact, the word proclaim and preach are, are very synonymous. They're almost the same word. In fact, there's sometimes we have a couple translations uh, that use the word preach over the word proclaim, right? And uh, for a while, some people were thinking, oh, well, I don't have the gift of preaching. You know, remember those, those gifts that show up in the Bible? Oh, I don't have that gift of preaching, so I, uh, I don't have to do that. But you know when that list of words where it uses the word preach, some are called to be preachers, some are, 
totally different word. It's not that word synonymous with proclaim. It's talking about something different. We're all called to proclaim. So if your translation used preach in most of those instances, it's simply saying to proclaim, to go out and proclaim and to share and to share the words of Jesus. So Jesus tells us to go do it. Now listen, I don't know how you are, but I want to base my Christianity almost entirely on doing what Jesus tells me to do. Jesus then comes along and says, I'll empower you to do it as well. But this is what we're to be about and to go do. Listen, these last uh, couple weeks, I mean, they've been messy in our church, right? They've been messy. You have stepped in with this family, the Dara family in need, and you've given your time, your energy, right? You've given about $2,000 to help this family. There's a couple little things on the side that you don't even know about yet because I got to figure out how to put them all together so they, they make sense and get that information that we have updates just from the email I sent this week. But a lot of it has to do with you've stepped up and, and, and done things. I called somebody about a task that needed to be done that, to help the, the Ball family who now has the little girls, and they were like, yeah, I'll do it. Just like that. No, no money, no, no charge for the church. And those type of things are happening. You've done that. Why? Jesus tells us to do that, to jump into it. When Corey uh, had her heart attack uh, just a week and a half ago now, like you jumped up, you, you gave over $2,300 to care for her because she's going to be out of work. And many of you know she's a hairdresser, so no work, no pay, right? And you jumped in. Why? Jesus tells us to do that stuff. We're supposed to do that stuff. A few weeks prior to that, several of you showed up at church under the bridge to help the homeless to, <coughs> excuse me, to do a worship service and then to serve food, because Jesus tells us to do that, and on and on. Folks, Jesus tells us to share our story. He tells us to go out and proclaim the good news. Here's the third thing on this list here. That's what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Take a look at this verse, and I want to give you a little warning of how, of how we often read this verse Verse, what the verse actually tells us. Verse, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be empowered when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Thank you. And you will be my witnesses in J Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen, right? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's two ways we interpret this verse. This is what we like to do. We say, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Period. We just stop. We stop. You had a hard week at work? Anybody have a hard week at work? Probably nobody. It was simple, right? Yeah, what we like to do is, Shree, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You're going to have a great week next week at work. Well, listen, I believe God will empower you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you walk through that, but it's not what the verse is talking about. You will see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and now you can hit that game-winning home run, right? It's not what the verse says at all. It's not talking about that at all. And by the way, neither is Philippians 4.13, all right? You look that one up on your own. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, not period, and, and what? 
you will be my witnesses. You will share my testimony. You will go out. And before you just think that that just means, well, I need to go live it out and maybe people will see me and one day they'll say, hey, he looks a little different. I wonder what's going on there. The disciples surely didn't understand it that way. Why? Because there's a bunch more chapters in the book of Acts. And they went out and they actually shared Jesus. They went out and shared it with everyone. And then it says, my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Sometimes we like to kind of draw the bullseye and say, hey, Jerusalem was here, Judea and Samaria were a little bit further out geographically. And then the ends of the earth were further out there. Um, but more likely, it's saying this, in Jerusalem, those are your people. They're like you. Judea and Samaria, uh, Judea, that's kind of a mix. Gentiles and, and Jewish people together. So... Uh, Samaria, uh, remember, you traditionally hate them, and the ends of the earth, everywhere else. What was ends of the earth for these Jewish people when they heard it? The Roman Empire, their oppressors. And here he's saying, you'll, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses everywhere. People you like, people you get along with, people you're not sure of, they might be new to you, people that you're traditionally not supposed to like, and even somebody who you might view as your oppressor, you will receive power. When somebody says, I just, I don't really know how to, to share. I'm just like, that's, that's not me. I'm not good that way. Or, you know, I'm very nervous about that. Um, all of that can be accurate. But thank the Lord, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, who was much stronger than any of your deficiencies, to go and be witnesses. So the next question we would ask is, why don't Christians share their testimony then? Well, here's the first one, quite simply, we're afraid. You may not stand up and say, I am afraid. But the truth is, we're afraid. We, it's an unknown. We're not quite sure. If I share my story, will I change the friendship? Will I change the relationship? Will my neighbor never like me again? All those kind of things, we, we're, we're afraid. We get nervous. Am I adequate? What if they ask me a question? All of these things, I, I'm afraid. And that fear is a barrier. Now, we don't say, I am afraid. So, hey, Tom, um, or Pastor Anson, will you kind of teach me how to do this? Teach me how to walk through this? We often say, I'm afraid, and we stop there. The second thing is, we don't have the same sense of urgency. Hey, just think of somebody in your life right now who doesn't know Jesus. You're sure they don't know Jesus. Somebody that you might be close to, might be a family member, a coworker, a friend, somebody who's dear to you. What the Bible says is they don't know the life God has to offer right here, right now, today. But you know what's more? Is the Bible says they don't have eternity with God. That's not in their future. Those two things alone create a sense of urgency to need to share to need to let people know. Now listen, if you send your, your kids out, right, and you know there's a little issue with the car and you forgot to say it before they got in the car and started heading out, would you call your kid right away and say, hey, 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 hang on, there's an issue with the car, whatever it may be, immediately. You might get in your car and head that direction you thought they would go to try to intercept. There's no sense of urgency sometimes when it comes to sharing Jesus with other people. We don't see people as Jesus does. 
Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. When he said seek and save the lost, he meant this. People who are blind to God or blind to Christ, blind to what God wants to do, I came to find those people. I came to seek them, to see them. We so often see people as those we like or don't like, or we can connect with or we can't connect with, or maybe they're like, I don't know, when it comes to Jesus, they're low-hanging fruit, so I can maybe share Jesus, because I think they used to go to church, so they'd be okay with it. But those other people that, I don't know about, I don't know if I can do that. But that's not how Jesus sees people. Jesus walks to an, into a crowd, and he sees what probably was the most hated profession of his day, tax collectors. And he says, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree, I'm going to go have it a meal at your house. Jesus sees people entirely different. A woman caught in adultery. You might have some compassion, but in Jesus' day, there wouldn't have been any compassion on this lady whatsoever. Not only no compassion, but it would have been culturally acceptable to have no compassion. Nobody would have thought otherwise. But Jesus does entirely. He sees people differently. People that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. I'm not sure that's always true about Christians. So we have to start seeing them as Jesus. How do we see them as Jesus? Well, the best way is get into your Gospels and read and see how Jesus sees people. Here's the final one, and I think this is really big, speaks volumes. In fact, it leads into our second page. We simply don't know how. We just don't know how. Listen, I want to apologize up front because i've now been a minister well since i was 18 in some fashion so like a 10 years or so i've been doing this um so yeah like like what is that even 30 years 31 years right in some fashion and i can't tell you because you know it's part of my passion i can't tell you the number of times that i have shared a sermon or a message about going out and sharing your faith and the significance to share your faith, right? I mean, you could think of probably a hundred just in my 11 years here. I mean, it just, it finds its way into most sermons. It's just a passion of my heart. But about a year and a half ago, when I started working through discipleship material, I came across this, this idea of we simply don't know how. And I thought, how many times, Tom, did you share a message about sharing your faith? And I was excited. You nodded your head, right? And then you went out, and the reality is this. You weren't sure how to do it when you walked out. And I know I didn't share with you how to do it. Like, I didn't give you any tools on when you go out, hey, here's some good ideas on how you can share your faith. You might have seen more over the last year and a half because God got a hold of me in this area. Here's the, the, the first thing we've got to do. We have to learn how to share our faith. We have to learn. You may not know this part of it, though it's, it's found its way in a couple sermons. Over the last year and a half, well, really since COVID hit, I've been doing a lot of my own car repair at my house, right? I just decided I should be able to Google it. I should be able to look at it and figure out how to do it, right? Um, I, I had that mentality, well, how hard can it be? Well, I learned hard, but, uh, but I've done a lot of things that I had never done in the first 48 years of my life, right? In the last year and a half, I would say, man, I'm cranking it, you know? Uh, not really, but, uh, you know, compared to before. 
you know, changing starters out and, and uh, steering systems and stuff in, in my van and those type of things. That's why I, I always turn right. So, but <laughs> I don't. But I've learned how to do those things, and I didn't know how to do them before. Why, as Christians, do we not take time to learn how to share our faith? If you're not sure, if you don't know how to do it, what's the best approach? Learn how to do it. Let's learn how to do these things. Now, almost anything that pops up, I think, well, let's just Google that or put a YouTube. I bet I could do that. I can put a new roof on my house today. I'll just YouTube that. I didn't. I hired somebody for that. So here's what I want to do for the rest of our time. I want to teach you how to share your story. Now, we don't have enough time. We, we could spend an hour trying to walk through the whole thing of how to share your story. We've got about 10 minutes. I want to share with you how to share your story. You've got to get started writing here and finish this up on your own. If this is just another sermon to go out and on the way out of the door, say, hey, good job, Pastor. That was good. That really spoke to me. And then, you know, you don't do anything with it after that. Then this, this paper will mean nothing. And you won't have taught yourself this key component. But the first thing is you've got to learn how to share your story. Three quick components for your story. The first is my life before Jesus. What did your life before Jesus look like? Listen, it doesn't have to be, I know we all went to the campfire story in high school. Somebody, you know, you went to youth camp. Somebody shared how they, you know, they ran away from home and, you know, they started stealing cars and robbing banks and, you know, and all, all but I'm never going to do that again because I became a Christian tonight at this campfire. And everybody like, woo, you know, like, and you're sitting over there thinking, well, I never did any of that, but I have had times when I've, you know, wanted to say, I'm done. I don't know if I'm into this God thing anymore. And, and God's really renewed that this week at camp, but I don't think I can share it compared to that testimony. Um. That's a powerful testimony for you to share. Everyone has a story. What did life look like before you knew Jesus? What did it look like? Second thing is how I came to know Jesus. Why did you come to know Jesus? Sometimes when we share our story, we might say, hey, I used to be, you know, a really, really bad guy. I was a bully. I used to beat up little kids, take their milk money. Now I don't do that anymore because I came to know Jesus. You messed out. You messed a big part. Why? Why did you come to know Jesus? Why, what happened? What was Jesus doing to lead you? Did Jesus use somebody that shared their story with you? What happened? Why you came to know Jesus? And finally, how my life has changed since Jesus. If you said, look, I was taking that milk money from kids and I became a Christian, and well, how's that going? Well, I still take milk money from kids most days, but uh, they're gonna go like, wait, what, 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 is, what kind of story is this, you know? How's your life changed since you've known Jesus? Here's what I'm going to do, and we're going to, we're going to do this. I'm going to pray, pray us out. I'm going to give you two minutes now, two minutes to get your story started. So you've got to do a little work there. Whatever comes to mind, all right? You don't have to have good writing. In fact, my wife often says there's no good writing. There's only good rewriting. So you're allowed to write bad to start this morning. Just throw on down. You can bullet point it if you want to do this as well. My life before Christ. I'll give you two minutes. Go ahead. Just spend a little time. What did life look like before Christ? What did it look like? I'll give you two minutes.
Let's move on to the second component of our testimony. How I came to know Jesus. How'd you come to know Jesus? What did it look like? I'm going to give you two more minutes to get that started. Get that story started. Give yourself at least two or three sentences into it. Two minutes. Let's slide to that last one. How has my life has changed since Jesus? What are a couple things that are different? I'll give you two more minutes to finish that off, and then I want to give you three quick tips, and then uh, and then a couple of announcements, and we'll be done this morning. All right. Now, you obviously will need to kind of take this and keep writing and flush this out. Um, if you take it and, uh, and you don't do anything with it, it'll probably all kind of be forgotten by the time you w woke up tomorrow morning. But if you take it and kind of flush it out. In fact, the encouragement would be use your devotion time this week to say, Lord, what, what was life like before? Remind me. 
Lord, how do I share how I came to know you? Lord, what, how has life been different? Use your devotion time. Let me give you, uh, I'm actually give you four quick tips when it comes to uh, this. Um, one is write out a version of your story that has these three components that's only three minutes long, right? Three minutes long. You get about three minutes with your friends and family to share your story. You're not getting 24 minutes, right? Nobody, I mean, we don't want to hear the 24-minute version. You know what the 24-minute version is usually for? It's usually to be on a stage like this in church to share, often with other people that are just going to say amen, amen. Um, but there's only a few settings where being able to share a 25-minute uh, testimony will lead people to Christ. There's a few settings like from a stage. Often it's done in these short little spurts that open up a door to conversation. So work on a three-minute version. For some of you, it's like, how do I get three minutes? For some of you, like, you know, get it down to three minutes because you don't have any problem filling three minutes. Right? Right, Ray Mashinsky? Oh, he's good. He's good. We just talked about it, so. All right. Equal parts. Don't get so caught up in the first section that you forget you have a second and third section as well. So kind of equal it out. You can think in terms of one minute on each section. Can you share everything of your life? No, but your friend probably doesn't want to hear everything of your life. They want to hear what was life like before? Why'd you come to know Jesus? What's life like afterwards? If you're talking about one specific subject, right? I used to, man, I used to blow my money on all kinds of things, anything I wanted. After I came to know Jesus or Jesus got to know my heart and he, Jesus convicted or challenged me in this area, now, I'm, we are way more generous than we were. We just see people in need and we think, I better help o over buying something. You know, that's a testimony. And you just got one, a testimony there that, that was about 20 seconds long. All right? You can flush that out in a good three minutes. Or it might be you coming to know Jesus. Equal parts, though, um, there. Um, work and memorize this. This goes against, in Christianity, we're supposed to be like, hey, I just want to be spirit-led on this, right? Go ahead and memorize it. Write it out and get it down where you're like, I could share this. If Tom walked up to me and said, hey, share your story, you'd go like, boom, three minutes later, you just shared your story, right? Then let the Holy Spirit lead you on and off it as you actually go and share it. But try to get it memorized out, right? Locked down. And then finally, practice 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 I did Spanish for five years freshman through uh, freshman in high school through freshman in college so I did all the Spanish for AP tests all that kind of stuff lived in Azusa California with a gentleman who didn't speak much English so that helped out a lot right so by the time end of those five years summers in in, in Mexico uh, trips in college but at the end of that period of time I didn't talk Spanish with anyone and so today, though I can hear a lot of things, I cannot formulate trying to talk it. Can't get it out of my mouth quick enough, right? No practice. No practice in the last 20 plus years. Same with our testimony. You just have to practice it. Maybe once a week, say to your spouse, hey, let me share my story real quick. When we were working through this, I would come downstairs in the morning and Sheree was in her prayer chair practicing her story. So you just have to practice it a little bit. And when God opens up the opportunities, Boom. Share it. Can I give you one assignment? This week, finish writing your story and go tell it to one person. Before next Sunday, share it to one person. Even if it's a Christian, doesn't matter to me, right? It could be somebody you're like, you're, you're just sharing your story. You're verbalizing your story. So that's your assignment this week. Go out and share that with one person over the next week.
All right, a couple of announcements, and then I'll, guys, sorry, I went late. I'll get you guys out of here. Um, celebrate recovery tomorrow night. Remember that. Um, so, in fact, I had a lady call last week, say, hey, celebrate recovery happening on Memorial Day. And we said, well, Hurts, Habits, and Hangups don't take holidays, so, um, so celebrate recovery doesn't either. So uh, that is available for you every Monday night. Just know that's a constant here. In fact, there, if there was something wacky where it wasn't, that's when you're going to hear from us that it's, that it's not on. It's always on otherwise. Um, this afternoon, or this uh, morning, actually, Levita Church is going to join the 1030 service. And they were looking for a time to do that. And we said uh, this would be a good Sunday. But it actually worked out in a different way for them. If you'd be praying for them, they had a, a death in their church. And so they're going to be doing a memorial service during their normal church time at 1 o'clock this afternoon. So they're coming at 1030, but then they'll have a memorial. So if you could just pray, it might be a heavy day for some of uh, those and, and lift them up um, as well. If you want to hang out and do, uh, uh, well, we're going to do, a, we're going to translate the next service back and forth. Then if you want to be a part of that, do it. Uh, if you signed up for tacos and tie-dye, that's today uh, after church. So uh, if you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of Hispanic restaurants around. But, uh, but if your kids signed up for tacos and tie-dye, uh, I think they got 18. It's going to be a fun afternoon for the kids. So that is after second service. Uh, so bring your kids back if, if they're signed up. So sound good? All right. Thank you for letting us go a little long. This is a great practical thing. Put it in place this week. Lord bless you.